The talk today is formation to Christian maturity and looking at that with our emotions. So that is not a big topic at all. Sorry, this is okay. Here we go. So, um, so the big question we're asking today is where's the place of emotions in becoming a mature Christian? That is a good question. Um, so everyday excellence, that's what the theme is for this year. And, um, Tim talks about emotions, how they're not bad or good in of themselves, but they can support, um, Oh, the good or bad, and Sarah led us through wholehearted worship and our emotions and how they play a part in that and how Jesus is Lord and our emotions are not. And um, it's hard to believe that that those talks are this year. I feel like with the coronavirus, it feels like eternity ago that they gave those talks, but that was sort of recently. Um so I'm going to be talking about maturity, Christian maturity. Um, Matthew 5, 48, uh, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And the word perfect here is um, the Greek word tel- teleos, and it means uh, mature. So, or um, having the right end or achieving excellence. So, that's the kind of maturity I'm talking about, the be, the be mature as your heavenly father is mature. It's kind of a funny sentence when you put it that way. So um, some foundations. Uh, okay. Um, formation to Christian maturity. Maturity is the beginning. It's not the end. Um, maturity is excellence. It's being complete. It's having what you need for the journey. It's this teleos. And maturity maturity allows for a relationship with God and others. And emotional maturity is a step towards Christian maturity. So, like, who here wants to be a mature Christian? I think we all do. Um, the consequences of immaturity um, are that we're unable to be in relationship with God or others. If we're an immature Christian, if we're immature in our emotions, then we are unable to be in relationship with God and with others. So, um, so the word teleos again is translated as perfect. And clearly Jesus is pointing to the high ideal. It's not, possible to be perfect like God is perfect but that doesn't mean progress is impossible um and the word here is talking about flawless that is not able to be improved upon um it can also like I was saying before mean mature um Paul uses this he says let those who are mature adopt this mindset in the Ephesians he talks about growing in unity of faith to maturity maturity can refer to this present reality. I'm a mature adult. And it also has a future dimension. Um, Like I am more mature now than I was when I was 18. And I'll hopefully be more mature when I'm 50 or whatever. 
Um, whereas Ellie right now is immature. Uh, we're just learning potty training with her. And like, how awesome is it that we are mature adults who don't pee everywhere, hopefully. Not to be crude, but I was just thinking of like examples of maturity and why we want to be mature and we spiritually don't want to be wetting ourselves. Um, so this maturity is a here, but not yet reality. Um, so we, we can be here, but we're also going towards maturity. Does that make sense? So we like can reach maturity, but also we're aiming at maturity. Um, and what is this whole course that we're at? It's called formation. Um, and this thing called formation exists because we believe that we can be mature Christians right now in your 20s, not when you get to heaven or after a life of trying, but that you can be teleos now. And holiness isn't, immaturity isn't a line you cross or a badge you get. It's a journey in relationship with God. It's walking with God. It's higher up and deeper in, as they say, the saints say. Um, and this isn't to say that you're getting, I'm saying you'll get to a point where you won't make any mistakes or that you won't sin or where you'll stop growing. But what I'm saying is you can get to a point of completeness where your aim is right, where you're mature, where you're starting from a place to mature of maturity and this is the start of our journey in relationship with God and with others um, and it's about relationship maturity is about relationship it's not about rules so be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect is a high ideal and it can be intimidating maybe um, but it requires the transformation power of God this isn't something we can just um wish and work really hard and check all the boxes and get it we become mature when we allow ourselves to be transformed by god and we become like god by following him okay so maturity christian maturity and that's why we're here we want to grow as christians we want to reach christian maturity and we can reach christian maturity it's for you it's already but not yet um, you can already be mature, but not yet perfect. You don't have to wait. And just right now, I want to reject the lie in the name of Jesus that we can't be mature Christians. Maybe some of you are saying, oh, yeah, I'll be mature, you know, when I'm in my vocation or once I get this figured out or that figured out. Or maybe it's a certain age you feel like you can be mature. Maybe when you get to heaven can be like, yes, I'm a mature Christian, but we can be mature Christians now. Like each one of you can reach this completeness, this beginning of your journey now. And that's where we're starting. So let's go. Um, discipleship. So maturity is about relationship. It's not about rules. And the relationship is a relationship with Jesus. And the relationship looks like discipleship. And Jesus did not offer a 10-step program to maturity, holiness, heaven. He offered and still offers a relationship with himself, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit longs to unite us to God, longs to unite us to each other. So the Lord wants us to form us into disciples. 
To be a disciple is to follow the way of the master, to follow the master. And who is the master? Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So how do we become mature Christians? We follow Jesus. He is the way. This is what we want. We want to give everything to Jesus. Amen? You with me? This is this is what we want. Yeah, I hear, I, I see you mouth in it. That's great. This is what we want. We want to give everything to Jesus. But oops, I don't know if you experienced this, but I want to give everything to Jesus, but often I don't. I give everything conditionally. I give everything only when I feel like giving it or except when I don't feel like giving everything or except if it doesn't make me happy or except when I have some to do something that challenged me. Love someone who's difficult to love. Someone lo- Forgive someone I don't want to forgive. Pray when I'm tired or reconciled when I'm afraid to. So we want to, but we don't. We want to keep everything at the same time. And the awesome thing is that Jesus doesn't make exceptions. Jesus makes a covenant with us that will not go away. But we do. Um, we make exceptions. But why? Why is this? Why even as men and women who want Jesus to be Lord, who want to be holy, we want to follow Jesus to give everything, why do we make exceptions? Well, one of the reasons is emotions. So a lot of emotions this kid is experiencing right now. Um, So there's two approaches we have for emotions. We can either ignore them, This guy's hiding from his emotions in a box, maybe. Or we can let them rule. So there's a GPS, and it's the emotions that are are telling us where to go. Um, So, but again, when we go all in for relationship with Jesus, that's where our excellence comes. And... Jesus just doesn't want us to do certain things well. He wants to make us a new person, and he wants to transform our emotions. So two approaches that we often take, again, are ignoring our emotions or letting them rule. So let's dig into these a little bit. First, too often we just ignore our emotions. Um, What are emotions? Emotions reveal what's on our heart. It's part of being human to have emotions. To live a full life is to live an emotional life. I want you to think about that. I go back to this phrase. Someone said it to me once. And um, it's it's something to grapple with. To live a full life is to live an emotional life. Um, we need to have the courage to face our emotions, to look at them, to experience them. The good, the bad, and ugly, they show what's going on in our hearts. And we cannot come to maturity if we simply ignore our emotions. Um, Great. So examples of this, of ignoring, are um, sometimes they'll say, I'm not angry or hurt by this. I, I just don't want to be. I'm going to pretend that I'm not. Or I want to like this, so I'm going to ignore my fear and pretend that I like this. Or I don't have time to reconcile, so I'll pretend I'm not feeling frustrated. Or I don't want to feel what I'm feeling, so I'm going to distract myself. Those are some examples of how we can ignore our emotions. Um, If you guys think of any other examples, throw them in the chat. 
Um, so one response to her emotions is to ignore them. Another response is too often we hand over control and things get crazy. And too often we let our emotions decide the good. And that's not their job. Their job, again, as I said before, is to reveal what's on our heart. Their job isn't to decide what's good. Our reason is to discover the good. Our will is to choose the good. And our emotions show us what we think of the good. They reveal our hearts to us. And when we look to our emotions to decide the good, they do a bad job. Uh, And we cannot come to maturity by simply following our emotions. So examples of this are, I don't feel like praying, so I won't. Or I'm frustrated, so I'm just going to yell. Or this person hurt me, so I'm going to ignore them. Um, If you need more examples, you can just come over and hang out with my two-year-old because she does not ignore her emotions at all. Um, She lets them rule, and they are strong. And the fun thing about having a two-year-old is sometimes she'll respond to something and then I realize I'm responding the same way. <laughs> um, like in prayer, some things will be like, I don't want this. And I'll, I'll be in prayer and be like, God, I don't want this. I'm like I have some maturing to do in my emotions. So um, the underlying lie in both of these, in both of these approaches is that life is all about you. The lie says, We can't trust God to look out for us. We need to look out for ourselves. The lie is, I can be like God. I can create my own reality. And the lie is that my emotions are the most important thing, that how I feel is more important than anything else. Or the lie is that what I want is more important than anything else. Or the lie is I can ignore reality. Or the lie is I can ignore my emotions and make my own reality. Or my emotions are what I want them to be. Instead of revealing our hearts to us, we can let our, we can manipulate our emotions to show others what we want them to see because it's about me. But we need to reject the lie. It's not all about me. I am, you are part of a reality beyond myself, yourself. This reality is not something that I can control, but something that I receive from God, that you receive from God. Our life, our reality is a gift from God. The truth is that it's all about God. And the beautiful, amazing, crazy thing about being a Christian is that we believe that it is all about God, but that God is a God who says what I care about is you. So it's a paradigm shift that it's not all about me, but I believe in a God who cares about me. And we love God first, because God first loved, and that even applies to ourselves. We can love ourselves because God has first loved. It's not about me. It's not about you. Immaturity is saying that it's not about me. It's about God. It's about a reality beyond myself. So how do we become mature? Let's take a look at some emotions. These aren't perfect definitions of them, Um This list of emotions is kind of a common list that psychologists say are kind of like the root of a lot of emotions. Um, 
So there's anger, which is often you owe me something, a feeling of you owe me something. Fear, um, this will harm me. Sadness is lost. Surprise is when something's outside our expectations. Anticipation, what will happen, either good or bad. Trust is a difficult emotion to kind of describe, but one way is like, I can move forward. I'm safe, um, joy, peaceful happiness, love, passion. Um, so these are some common emotions we experience. So how do we mature in these? How do we become um, Christians who are mature in our emotions? I want to say there's four steps. One, name it. Two, seek the truth. Three, choose the good. And four, address your heart. So name the emotion. Look in the face. Ask, what am I experiencing? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it fear? Is it joy? Is it trust? Is it love? Um, sometimes it's really hard to actually name the emotion because maybe we're, we think we're feeling angry. Um, but actually the root is that we're actually fearful. And we're fearful of losing something. And so we're expressing that in anger. Um, so it's important to, to name the, the emotion. Like, am I really angry or am I fearful? Am I trusting? Am I joyful? Am I frustrated? What emotion am I experiencing? Two, seek what is true. Ask, is this grounded in reality? Is this... So if you're experiencing fear, is this something to be afraid of? There are definitely things to be afraid of. Like if you um, are hiking and there's a bear in front of you and you're experiencing fear, that's really good. You should be experiencing fear. That's very helpful. Um, if I think I've been thinking about this lately, like I'm afraid of the coronavirus and that's not a bad thing. That's not an immature thing. I think it's, it, causes a great action in me of washing my hands and, and being careful. Um, but seek the truth because sometimes we have fears that aren't grounded in reality. Um, and we have emotions that aren't gra grounded in reality. So what is the truth about prayer? Prayer um, is we should pray. Prayer is good even if I don't feel like it. So if I don't feel like it, my emotion isn't grounded and what is true. Um, or other examples, like if I'm feeling hurt, ask, did this person try and ignore me? What's the reality of the situation? What's the truth? Is this something to be joyful about? Like, is it a, if it's something good, then it's great. If I'm joyful about um, someone getting hurt, then that's a disordered emotion that's not fitting with reality? Is this something to be excited for? So seek what is true. Um, choose what is good. Ask, what is the good in this situation? So what am I feeling? What is reality? And then what's the good? So it's good to pray daily. It's good to reconcile relationships. It's good to follow through on my commitments. It's good to enjoy life, to trust God, to love, etc. So if I'm not feeling like praying, the good that I can choose is to still pray. So choose what is good. Um, and then fourthly, address what's in your heart. And you can either do this in the moment, but I think for a while it will be looking back on the situation 
Like, why did I react that way? Or um, why am I feeling this way? Is it because I don't trust? It's because I've been hurt before? Is it because I'm afraid? Because I don't think whatever is worth it? Because I don't want to be uncomfortable? Because I'm at peace? Because I trust? Um, and engaging the emotion and addressing it and not ignoring it um, or just waiting for it to pass. So addressing what's in your heart. And this all takes time. Uh, maturity is not something that happens overnight. Our desires, our wills, our thoughts, they need to change slowly and be transformed. So let's be eager, but give ourselves space and time and give each other space and time. Our, some emotions are instinctual and some are learned. And some have to be relearned in the light of Christ, in uh, the light of conversion in the light of who he says about us and not maybe lies other people have said about us. Relationship demands something for us. Um, it's a lot easier to check a box to say I'm doing all the right things to be mature. It's, uh, it requires more work to say I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to take the time to grow. Um, some of you were in household, so like all of you are in small groups, you're on teams, you're in classes. Um, maybe the experience that you can do all the right things, but maybe, and I hope your experience is that like real growth in your life didn't come from checking off boxes, but it came from the difficult conversations, the showing up the real conversations, the vulnerable conversations, the healthy conflicts, the relationships. Um, most of you are displaced now. You're living at home. You're living in different situations. And I think we can see even more clearly that it's not about making the grade because the grade's been taken away. No one really knows what it looks like to win at being quarantined. You know, is it being afraid? Is it not being afraid? Is it being cautious? Is it being present with your family? Is it spending more time on online classes? Is it spending less time on online classes? Is it avoiding media? Is it engaging media? The things that we usually use to measure our success have in a large part been taken away from us. Um, and we realize more than ever that it has to be about relationship with God. It has to be about relationship with others and not just checking the boxes, not just trying to make the grade. But I think sometimes it's easier to relate to making the grade than to relate to being in relationship with God, in relationship with others. Um, and I don't know if you guys, we're going to get kicked off soon, but um, I don't know if you remember the story of the rich young man or the rich young ruler he said, Jesus, what must I do? And he's like, I did all the things. I checked all the boxes. And Jesus says, come follow me. And he couldn't. He couldn't. And he went away sad um, because the Lord is not about us getting us to do certain things. Formation in Christian maturity isn't about just doing the right things or saying the right things or being this certain kind of person that looks like a mature person but it's about becoming a new person it's about transformation so that the life of christ becomes what shapes our decisions our character and our emotions and jesus offers a stark choice he says hang on to your life and lose it or lose your life and find true life in him 
and maturity in our emotions and this formation to Christian maturity requires us to switch the focus from being on us to being on God. And that feels like we're losing life sometimes. So we'll see you on the flip side. So click the link in your email again. Of less than a minute left. It's like a funny, really long minute, I feel like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was, thought it was going to end and we're still here. But all right, I will. You can end it and then I'll end the meeting and then everyone just jump well, back on. All right. <laughs> okay. See you later. How's everyone doing? We're doing good. You're with me. Okay. Launching. Okay, here we go. Um, all right, here we go. We get the speed version. <laughs> Let's go, discipleship, two approaches. All right. Is everyone here? Are we still waiting for some people? We good? Okay, looks like we're all here. All right. So it takes time. Jesus offers us new life in him. Um, this like little weird thing. Can you guys see that? Okay. Great. So it takes time. Um, but... What are some action steps? So transformation power of God, but there are habits we can get into and next steps we can take. And this talk, this isn't about like, this is what Anna thinks about emotions and Christian maturity. This is about you taking the next step in your relationship with the Lord, in your relationship with each other, in your growth towards maturity. So um, these are just some examples of things that you can do. Maybe you have your own things as you're listening. Like, this is the next step for me. This is how I can grow. Um, some things that I thought of is know the good. Um, Philippians 4, 8 says, whatever is true, whatever 
is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of these things. So I'll read the scripture, study, get to know, like, what is the good? What What is the good that is Jesus, that is the way? Uh, strengthen your will. Choose what is meaningful over what is expedient. Um, too often, we just choose what's easy, what's comfortable, um, without thinking about, well, what's going to be meaningful to me, to others over time. So practice, whether it's just, you know, for me, sometimes that's getting up in the morning instead of sleeping in a little bit more. And I want to sleep in, but I choose to get up because it's meaningful to start my day and get going. It's just a little example, but there's lots of little things, I think, especially in Lent, so strengthening our will and um, getting in the habit of choosing what is good and what is true. Um, engage your emotions. Again, some are extinctual, some are learned, some reveal wounds. Talk to each other about that. And this is super vulnerable. No, I, I think for some people, this is easier. For some people, this is really hard. Like, I feel uncomfortable about that, or I feel really hurt by this. Talk to your pastor leader, talk to your friends, like have, like know your emotions and engage them and don't be afraid of them. And this is more of a pro tip, but it's helpful to look at patterns versus like one time things like, oh, I yelled at somebody. Is it because I was just tired and stressed out about a situation or Whenever I talk about this, I like tend to often yell or like whenever I um, talk to this person, like 90%, there's a pattern of like them hurting me or me hurting them or this emotion coming up. Um, and if it's a pattern, then that's something to engage even more of like, why is that happening? And if it's a one-time thing, be like, oh, I must be tired or um I just watched a romantic movies, so I'm feeling lovey-dovey or whatever it might be. In all of this, uh, do not fear. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. There's no fear in love, but perfect, again, this is the word talios, perfect love, complete love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection. Again, it's this word talios. He has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say I love God and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. And those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. And God's love is poured into our hearts. So we do not need to fear. And we're not alone. We got the Holy Spirit. And this is from the Catechism. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are permanent dispositions, which makes the person docile to following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want, right? To follow the Holy Spirit and not just our emotions. And gifts that the Holy Spirit gives are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord. Those are awesome when it comes to our emotions. And then the fruits of the Spirit. So when we have the Spirit in us, this is just what grows in our life. They're the perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. That's awesome. And the fruits of the Spirit are charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, chastity. Again, it just struck me how these relate to our emotions and to maturity of, like, if the Spirit is with us and in us, then we can have joy and we can have patience in our frustrations and we can have kindness to the, the person who hurt us. So we can have generosity when we're afraid. 
Um, and we're also not, so we're not alone because we have the Holy Spirit who gives us gifts and who grows fruits in our life. And we also have community. This is from the catechism. It says that the human person needs to live in a society. Society is not for him an extraneous addition, but a requirement of her nature. Through the exchange with others, mutual service, and dialogue with brethren, a person develops their potential. Maturity. She or he responds to his or her vocation. So is by being around other people, by dialogue, that we reach our potential, that we become mature. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have community. We're not alone. Um, and the good news is that Jesus is God breaking into the world in a new way. And he lived a perfect life and he taught us the truth about God and he died on the cross and rose again and sent the Holy Spirit to live inside us and among his followers. And by doing these things, Jesus created a community of people who are being transformed to be like him, perfect as the Father is perfect, and who are sharing his mission of transforming the world to be more and more the way God wants it to be. We're a community of disciples on mission, and this flies in the face of the self-focused spirituality that we often are accustomed to. Um, sometimes it's easy to think people complicate things, and me and God is relatively easy, and me and God and those around me is more complicated. In relationships, but relationships and environments of faith are the primary way we experience the Lord's formation. That's why we do what we do. And here in SPO, in this formation program, we're not event-driven, but life-driven. Um, we want depth. It's not just about experience, but about endurance. And maturity is freedom for good. There's freedom in surrendering to Jesus. He will take care of us. This is joyful. There's freedom in this. But we can't see this freedom unless we have the relationship. Relationships take time. And they are more complicated than just checking off a box. And they're messy and they're long. And they take honesty and consistency and humility and vulnerability. And there's no quick fix for transformation in our hearts. Except surrender to the Lord in order to become free to run after him and free to be mature. So in conclusion, emotional maturity is a step towards Christian maturity. Maturity is for you. Emotions reveal what is in our hearts. We can engage our emotions. Emotional life is a full life. Discipleship is about following Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and in life with each other, our hearts and minds and wills can be transformed. And let's not wait until we feel the right way to do something. Um, let's not be the rich young man who let his emotions keep him from a relationship with Jesus. Maybe it was his fear or apprehension. Um, maybe he was afraid he wouldn't be happy or what Jesus would ask of him. Let's not be the rich young man who gives up a relationship with Jesus because he doesn't feel like doing what Jesus asked because he doesn't trust. And I hope that in this talk, you're realizing that the heart of the gospel is this call to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, and to do so in action. And we won't become mature, we won't become teleos, we won't become perfect just by following our emotions, but by responding generously to the Lord's call in our life. And we want fruitfulness in our life. And we want to participate in God's cosmic plan. And many of you have had profound experiences and experienced the joy of worship or sisterhood or brotherhood for the first time. Maybe you've experienced the love of the Father, but let's not let it stop there. 
often our emotions say, stay here, stay in this happy place, stay in this comfortable place, run away from this thing that challenged you or that thing that's hard. If worship becomes difficult, then stop. If your sister causes you to get angry, then avoid her. If your brother annoys you, then stop loving him. If you don't feel anything in prayer, then stop. But this isn't maturity. Um, experience is good. God gave us bodies. He gave us emotions. A full life in his emotional life. And he wants us to experience life and emotions. But letting our emotions be Lord is not good. Um, just like letting our minds or our wills be the center is not good. We want Jesus to be the center. Um, so we need to train our emotions. We need to engage our emotions. We need to say, hey, we're going to keep worshiping because it's good. Um, we're going to keep loving because it's good. And our emotions catch up. They're good at that. They learn. And this doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we've got it. But it means we're on the right path. It means we carry about in our bodies the here of Jesus. And then not yet. At the same time, it means we model Jesus. And we seek to lay aside every burden that clings to us. And we run after the Lord to allow this transformation in our lives. So maturity looks like seeking what's good, choosing what's good. And most importantly, it's about being in a relationship with God in all circumstances. Maturity is freedom and you are not test about. You're able to be in relationship with God. And that is a start. And that is the start of an incredible adventure. So let us not be robbed of discipleship by ignoring or letting our emotions rule. Let us follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. So. Amen.